Hi, I'm Jordan. And I'm Kit. Welcome to Starry Time, where stars plus lines equal stories. This is episode three on our monthly constellation, Corona Australis, the Southern Crown. Last week, we reviewed and reconstellationed the myths of this constellation. So now it's time for our silliest segment or episode, which is called Pop Culture Superstars. And in this segment, we share our favorite and least favorite occurrences of the month's constellation in pop culture. Then we take over the constellation brand and wish upon a star for what we hope existed. So this month was a little tricky because there really wasn't anything called exactly Corona Australis out there. I didn't see a single Wikipedia disambiguation page, which is generally where I start and branch out from. (laughs) Exactly. So we agreed to focus on the Australis part of the constellation or on something called the Southern Crown, just sort of gave ourselves a little bit more leeway uh, for this constellation. Exactly. And that brings us to the twist of this segment, is that we don't share our selections or ideas with each other beforehand. And occasionally we have vast departures of what we like. Did someone mention a Sagittarius Serpentarius? (laughs) A four-foot bird that will terrorize your dreams. A.K.A. man's true best friend? (laughs) Agree to disagree. Hmm. So let's get started on our favorites and least favorites. Do you want to start us off with your favorite pop culture appearance of Astralis? And I think I know what it is, but uh, I think we have the same one. But Jordan, do you want to start off with your favorite? Yeah, I think this should clue you in. I'm going to start off with two words and a number. Oh, okay. Dino Crisis 3. Oh, nope. Uh, That's not what I picked, but yeah, tell, tell us about it. Wow, I thought for sure you were so confident that you knew what I had picked. (laughs) Dino Crisis 3 is an action-adventure video game. came out in 2003. It's a type of game where you fight dinosaurs or other prehistoric animals. But this episode of the game, since it's the third one, is uh, we've moved on to mutant dinosaurs. So these are mutations that are created from DNA that are extracted from various dinosaur species. And the game itself, Mm -hmm. it actually takes place on a space station. Perhaps this is where a dinosaur is on a spaceship. (laughs) The Doctor Who episode came from. Well, now I'm just really glad we don't have the same one. I thought for sure you've been thinking about uh, the Australis, which is one of the species in this game. It's Uh around 65 feet long. And oh somehow gosh. only 20 feet tall. It's related to the Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> uh-huh. It shares a similar body plan, although luckily the Australis does have a second row of teeth on the oh. inside of its jaw, um, which is a lot like a Mosasaurus. And this is the best part, Kit. Due to other yeah. anomalies in the species creation, again, this whole episode this whole game takes place in the 23rd century don't, don't right. worry about dr it. wu is still alive though don't worry definitely <laughs> well due to anomalies in the species creation the australis skin does not cover no. its entire body oh so there are oh. muscles that are exposed no. <laughs> um so it's this is of, a dr I wu guess, creation <laughs> so if you're trying to imagine it just imagine a giant zombie 
T-Rex. Oh, um, that also has an electricity generating organ. Um, so it can like also like it's it's like half exposed, but also like bleeding out electricity. And uh, yeah, it's uh, experimental in origin, of course, created in the, the Ozymandias DNA library. And um, they did thrive on board of the ship until their extinction in the year 2548. So yes, the Australis, wow. the zombie T-Rex of Dino Crisis 3 is my, undoubtedly, my favorite pop culture appearance of Australis, and I'm somehow baffled it's not yours. Uh, yeah, I'm also baffled. Um, this dinosaur sounds like a monstrosity, right up there oh, with Scorpius bad. Rex. Uh, it's, I would say worse than Scorpius Rex in, in some wow. ways. I'll send you a picture for for the socials. All right, great. Um, okay, well, yeah, that is not... graphics also don't help, which is another no. pleasurable part about. Let me Please tell you about do. my favorite, because I know you had some backups. Um, so, and I think you'll quickly see why um, why I thought this was going to be your favorite. So, my Is it one favorite... of my top five career options? Yes. Yep. Yes, it is. It is. Yep, that's it number is. two. <laughs> yep, all right, keep going. So, what we're talking about is... Terra Australis, which yes. was a hypothetical continent um, mm-hmm. that was believed to be present um, between the 15th and 18th century. Um, mm-hmm. And the basic premise was like, we don't know like if there is a continent down um, in the Southern Hemisphere, but there probably ought to be because there's one in the Northern Hemisphere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you'll see this Terra Australis on maps from the 15th and 18th centuries. And yes, I thought it was going to be your favorite because of your um, beloved field of cartography. It is on my favorites list. In fact, it is listed above Dino Crisis 3. Well, when you're looking at this kind of lost continent type of cartography, mm-hmm. that's my favorite of all. So like yep. these, these imagined land masses or hypothetical continents, like that's certainly my favorite. So giving Terra Australis his due, if I hadn't mm-hmm. found Zombie T-Rex from a very obscure and bad <laughs> video game, uh, which perhaps barely counts as pop culture, uh, Terra Australis and its role in cartographical development, like you said, over those three centuries, um, definitely has been something been on my mind for a long time. Yeah, I also saw that you know Ptolemy was also somebody who was sort of um, theorizing about the the idea that you know the land in the northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere should be balanced. So it even ties into our uh, our good friend uh, from our cosmic background segments. It's a great choice. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Did you All have right. any other favorites? I did. I have one more favorite. Did you as well or no? Uh, nothing I felt as strongly about. Yeah, my last choice was just um, Australis Aquaculture, which was uh-huh. on the disambiguation yep. page. Yeah, yep. disambiguation page. You know, it just seemed like they were interested in sustainability, offshore aquaculture. I learned what a baramundi is, which yep, I didn't know before. <laughs> uh, so what is it on three? Let's say it. One, two, three. Sea bass. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> just... <laughs> it just, I, I just learned that it was a fish. Uh, oh, great. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I had to learn what a baramundi was. 
<laughs> and the I whole reason why it's on my top three is that I like eating fish. You know, that's that's the whole yeah. reason. Based well, in Massachusetts. Yep. It was also on my list because I just liked the name. Um, mm -hmm. But then I went into a deep dive about what aquaculture was because I didn't mm. know what it was. And it's yeah. basically like um, basically like farming, but in water. And mm -hmm. it can be like plants, it can be fish, those kinds of things. And but then like, I was like, is this good? Like, I it, like, <laughs> I know, it, like, it's sustainable, according to the people that do it. But like, should should we be doing this? And so it's my conclusion was sustainable, like, according to the Wikipedia page about it. Well, so yeah, let's very, see. very reputable. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it seems to have like pros and cons, like, right? There are some ethical concerns about, you know, fish and captivity, blah, blah, blah. So I wasn't like really excited to make it my favorite, but I, it does have a good name. I like the, uh, and I learned something new. I did not know what aquaculture was. But yes, uh, you <laughs> investigated the ethics of this company and aquaculture as a whole. I learned that barramundi is a word <laughs> for sea bass. So together, yeah, you, you know, we came together and learned, you know, a little bit about, you know, something new. All right, Kit. Least favorite again, not a wide swath of mm. territory to choose from. Some old favorites for sure. Um, do you want to start this time since I started yeah. with most favorite? Yeah, so I don't know how to pronounce this exactly. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I ended up sort of going into the, um, you know, scientific names of um, animals. That's sort of where I found something interesting. And what I found was the giant gypsland earthworm, also known as Megascolides australis, Megascolides, I'm not sure. And this is a native Australian worm that mm -hmm. is 3.3 feet long Don't and like about that. three yep and about three and a quarter inches in diameter and there was a picture and the moment i saw it i said nope yep mm -mm, this is yeah. it this is it for me so uh yeah, yeah giant earthworm <laughs> don't like that at all that can no. stay on you know skull island with king yes. kong and the rest of the like <laughs> giant mutant creatures as far as i'm concerned with australis the zombie right. t-rex they can all live right. together happily on some lost spaceship continent that's fine um no that sounds horrifying yeah. um just the other day i was reading about an earthworm that was 1.1 feet long and that was scary to too me. long now yeah. i was mm -hmm. like "Ooh, i don't like the idea of it being a foot long you know that's like my whole arm like no thanks and no. now you're telling me about a three uh -huh. foot long one seems thick too what'd you say yeah. about about three inches three quarter three quarters of an inch okay great great that's way <laughs> three, better three inches would be yeah. that would be that's it that's not a worm anymore that's a snake <laughs> Well, now that you've exposed me to this earthworm, that would have been my least favorite. I um, yeah, I I I like it less than the other options that I, mm. I found. But yeah, I found an Australis Motors, which is an automobile manufacturer that existed from like 1897 to 1907. Um, mm. You know, I think the car is maybe ruined. A lot of things mm -hmm. so if this was you know at the car's origin story if i could like you know travel back in time and you know maybe uh make automobile manufacturing not take off 
Um, mm. I don't think that would have had the worst results for us as a society. Um, another option I saw was the SS Australis, a passenger ship, uh, which again, doesn't really offend me, but you know, industry, not kind of mm. uh, my favorite. And then my last and would have been my favorite or my favorite, least favorite or my least, mm. least favorite, depending on how you want to put it. Um, would be the new age band Australis. Oh, um, I, li- I liked that. I listened oh, to uh, I listened to some music. Okay, great. Well, then you did better than me. Um, I just uh, threw it out of hand without listening. I'm glad you gave it a listen. I saw the categories: ambient music, world music, hmm. electronic music, ethnic music, symphonic music, oh. and soundtrack. And I thought hmm. this can't possibly be for me, but <laughs> but the greatest part about this podcast is not only do you expose me to terrifying earthworms, <laughs> but mm, you also welcome. do the hard research on Australis, the new age band as well. So you're saying maybe I should give it a listen. It's good, like working music, because I listen to a lot of like instrumental stuff when I'm working, mm. and I. You know, so I don't get distracted. But yeah, it's good like background music while you're doing something else, while you're, you know, whatever else. So I should focus more on symphonic music and soundtrack and less on world music and ethnic music. Yeah, it definitely doesn't. I didn't listen to the whole catalog, but um, I would Mm. put it, yeah, more in like new age ambient sort of space. Did you see the Olympic Australis, the giant opal? No, I did not. I love a good opal, though. No. (laughs) Um, I did see that and I was like, I was like, well, that's interesting. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm like, where did it come from? Um, uh, you know, just, I just had questions about it. Um, so yeah, a giant opal also called Olympic Australis. Sounds beautiful. Yeah. It's got a great name. In in Australia. Yep. Shocker. Yep. All right, Kit. Our favorites and least favorites were quite extensive. But let's try to fill in the blanks between reality and fiction. What's something with the Australis brand that you wish existed? Yeah, so I struggled a little bit with this until until it all came together. And I was like, mm-hmm. yep, this is the best idea um, I could come up with. So mm-hmm. Karna Australis is basically going to be a mashup between, you know, a crown that you might mm-hmm. wear. Yeah. Um, at a, a party or um, a sh- show or, you know, to go out. Mm-hmm. So it's a crown, but mm-hmm. it's it's like a plasma ball crown. So, you know, those plasma balls where you like, they have noble gases in them and then like you touch it and it's like electricity, electricity, oops. Um, it's that, so it's a crown with the yeah, like yeah. so it's like one of those yeah. things that like a science museum that's yep. like an orb mm-hmm. and you put your hand yep. on it and then all the lightning bolts are you know yep. directed to your hand wow exactly. okay but Tell a crown but a so crown. you wear it wow wow <laughs> i like that a lot i think it would be really good for instagram <laughs> perfect so it's like all the does that count as bioluminescence? Is that biology? What? No, I guess that's mineral no. luminescence, phosphorescence. Yeah, it's something to do with like voltage, electrodes, voltage. and noble gases, and 
Yeah. So this is a crown you wear, work. and then right. it's a crown you wear, and if someone touches it, like the lightning bolts touch their finger, or well, how does it so work just in like regards the, just to like, like the, when you're going out? Yeah, so just like the plasma balls, right, which are constantly, mm -hmm. like, you can see the electricity, like, uh, around the them as in. they're, yes. like, just sitting there, and then when you touch it, it kind of, like, you know, it looks like it's going to your finger. Yeah. Right, so it'll be, like, constantly active, and then if somebody touches it, it'll kind of, like, go to their hand. So, yeah. Is there any way we can make it kind of like a mood ring that's also ooh, ooh, like changes a crown? Color. Yeah, like it changes color of the lightning bolts depending on if, like, you know, like if you're someone that you don't want to see shows up, it just like it's all bright red plasma ball. But if your friend shows up, you know, it's your favorite color. If you wear it to a music show, it'll like pulse in time with the music, you wow, know, like a waveform. Yeah. Now we're getting yeah. somewhere. Yeah, this is some <laughs> Windows Visualizer 2000 stuff. And exactly. You get it. I'm here for it. That's the crowd I want. I wish it, that existed too. You're right. It would be so cool. Uh, so that's what I wished for. Jordan, what did you wish for? Kit, I think you really <laughs> carried the day here. What? And I'm jealous of your, you know, imagination and interpretation. What I wish existed was something that I just called the Southern Crown Vinery. And it's an mm. Australian vineyard that I own mm -hmm. and run with my Australian Great. friend, Lee Ellis. Right. And <laughs> it's just another kind of like bargain bin cheap australian wine you know the one with the wine bottles with the kangaroo on them the yellowtail or whatever it is they sell uh -huh. out so i figure you get another australian wine put this little constellation on there mm -hmm. i'm going to the wine store i don't know what i'm looking at i don't know yeah. what anything is i see a kangaroo mm -hmm. i say thanks that looks great I see a constellation mm -hmm. on a bottle of wine I'm like that's the one I'm gonna buy yeah to be fair yep. I do also co-host a podcast about constellations <laughs> but all the same even if we weren't big sellers I feel like owning a winery sounds like fun and you know I'm the one who gets to pick what I wish existed so mm -hmm. yeah uh, an ideal world where me and Lee uh run a, a winery together in australia that's what i that's a, that's the australis southern crown vinery i wish existed yeah no i like that a lot um because i also agree i definitely buy wine based on the labels uh, so yeah so i would be very uh attracted to a wine bottle that had like a constellation on it or was like space themed i'm sure this exists but um mm -hmm. but yeah i think that it's also a good name like corona australis it sounds like nice and like whimsical and um yeah it's got a it's got a good sound and a, a great uh marketing sort of built in um it has the idea of like it being a crown making it good you know or royalty and whether or not that's good is a whole different thing um but yeah i like it sounds good and i would buy it my other thing that i wish existed were just spring summer wreaths to be more mm. popular like mm -hmm. i have seen them occasionally but for the most part you only see a wreath in winter 
you know mm. and it's always like made out of that same green and red sort of stuff but there's all sorts of blooming going on in spring and summer oh. let's get some oh, wreaths like, with plants yeah you mean like, like on the door on a door yeah i'm sure they already okay. exist and i looked at some of them but i think we should start using them a lot more i don't feel yeah. like wreaths should just be a winter thing like if i showed up to your house and you're having a house party and you have like a beautiful circle full of like spring plants flowers <laughs> i'm gonna be like dang this is a place to be yeah i'm into it so what I wish existed, yeah, were just spring wreaths on doors were more popular. Hmm. I initially thought you meant like flower crowns. And I was mm -hmm. like, okay, want to make it a fashion statement. Just want to have flower crowns back. But yeah, I think they're very festive. I think I like to see flowers and um, it would make your front door smell nice until, you know, the flowers died. So that's just like... Yeah, that's what... Yeah, it's just one, and death. It's just one of those things you have to replace every month. Um, maybe right. that is why they have winter wreaths. I hadn't thought about it using evergreens and certain mm -hmm. foliage. It's a little bit more hardy. Maybe that yeah. explains it. Well, you learned a little bit about aquaculture. I learned a little bit about uh, botanical sustainability, <laughs> and that's the beauty of this pod. Well, you know, it's only a matter of time before one of our wishes comes true. This has been Kit. And Jordan. Sisters, lovers of stars and stories. And we'll see you next time. On Starry Time. <laughs>